Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Avanti Wellness Podcast, hosted by me, Lydia Smith, aka Butterflidia. I'm embarking on my own transformational journey, and my intention is to inspire, inform, and support you all along the way. My hope is that we are all learning something new with each episode. So let's meet today's guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Avanti Wellness Podcast and YouTube channel. So today we have Sharon Cap, a returning guest from the channel. And actually, I believe she's going to become a fan favorite. <laughs> It's because she's one of my favorites so far. So basically, I want to invite you all, if you're just stumbling upon this video or this podcast recording, please go find the previous podcast and or uh, video on YouTube um, that says introduction to Ayurveda. If you know nothing, excuse me, about Ayurveda, it would be good to start there because we just spent actually 45 minutes, which was longer than we wanted to, going very in-depth about the history of Ayurveda, the background of Sharon that has given her the time and wisdom and education of what she teaches and or um, utilizes for the services that she provides. So that would be a very good overview of learning about from the beginning. And then I recommend that you come back to this video because we're going to start doing videos on specific subjects as it relates to Ayurveda philosophy, right? Yes. Okay. Welcome, Sharon Kapp. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me back. Yes. And what shall we talk about today, Lydia? Today, I want to talk about the importance of the circadian rhythm as it relates to, you know, our bodies and our health and wellness. Okay. And I want to say something. When I was writing the word circadian on the description, I realized because I speak Italian, so it's Latin and it's circa, 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 which means around. Like when you say circa 1983, around 1983, that's an Italian slash Latin word for um, around. And so I'm curious, I'd have to go figure out what the DN means, but. Um, the day, D-I-A-D. Okay. The, oh, the cycle of the day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Hello. That makes, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, and Dia is, you know, Spanish. It's not yeah. Italian. Italian yeah. is. Um, OG. Deus. OG. No, that's God. Dios is God. But um, anyway, Italian is um, OG is like today. So La, La Dia? Is that Il Dia? La Dia? Anyway, I don't know. It's like escaping me. It was 30 years ago. I was using Italian regularly. All right. So let's get on to the subject at hand. What? So how we're going to do this is um, we're just going to dive in. We're going to try to keep it to like a 15 to 20 minute uh, video so we can give you all little nuggets of information. So I'm going to turn it over to Sharon. And basically the subject is the importance of their circadian rhythm. So Go for it, Sharon. Thank you. So as you very nicely explained over here about the circle and about the day, um, in mythology, the sun is always considered the the deity, the god of of life, 
or, or the God of the soul. And um, so when we're looking about this, we're looking about the cycle of the soul, basically, or the cycle of how the divine lives in us or creates in us, the circadian rhythm. And uh, there are many heliocentric uh, spiritual belief systems. In fact, almost every every religion, whether Christianity says name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, whether it is uh, the, the Hindu people, whether it is the Zoroastrian people, um, Sumerians, all of these Egyptians, all of them have this, this uh, vital capacity of aligning themselves with this movement of, of the sun. And um, if you would ever get some time to go and look at the helical movement of the sun, um, you, would, you would understand that the sun is moving, racing through space at 72,000 uh, kilometers per hour. And in its trail, in its wake, are all the planets. And it forms that, that heliocentric, the DNA uh, spiral that we have in our body because it's moving all the matter together, uh, aligning it to the speed and the movement and the velocity um, uh, of the movement of the cosmos. So now understanding, as we spoke in the earlier podcast, we talked about the body, about the ether, about it being a formulation of this, this stardust or the whole cosmos that is in its molecular structure vibrating in your body as your cells, as your organs coming together um, to, to form this function of humanity. And because we want to align this function of humanity to the greater cosmic movement, so we're not moving against this rhythm like the, the cogwheels that come together and they just fit effortlessly, uh, we must also fit into the circadian rhythm um, of the movement of the sun. And so something really amazing happens early in the morning when you wake up in Ayurveda, we have um, a system called Dinacharya. Dina is the word for the day. Acharya is knowing how the knowledge of Acharya means like wisdom, like a teacher, like knowing how to use the day correctly, Dinacharya. And so the first and most important thing is, of course, uh, that we go to bed early. And I'll come, I'll touch back on that if we have some time. Uh, but we must go to bed early before 10 o'clock. Uh, because your your skin basically is a formation, it's of a, of a cell division, and one half of that becomes the skin, the other half becomes your liver. Now, your liver is the organ that is tagging the movement of the sun via the spectrum of light that falls on your skin. They work in tandem. You get jaundice in the liver, guess what? Liver becomes yellow. Oh, you want to treat a baby that has jaundice? You put it under a blue light. Light, therefore, is affecting an organ inside your body and balancing the bilirubin production. So there's a great many things that are like mysterious to us. But when you understand them, they become science. When you don't understand them, then they become mysterious. So one of the things in Ayurveda is that we have this routine of waking up 90 minutes before the sun. The sole purpose of this is to catch that spectrum of the rising sun, the change of light, because light is affecting uh, two major uh, organs or glands and organs in your body. The first one being your pineal gland, and that sits in your brain, deep in your brain, but it's triggering through the movement of light through your eyes and your skin um, to, to, to awaken your pituitary gland so that it can start formulation, making the endorphins that make your body parts, um, prolactin, estrogen, progesterone, 
progesterone, all of these things are coming from this teeny tiny little gland and it's triggered into making it on the basis of this movement of light that's triggering it to work in your body. Therefore, 90 minutes before we wake up in the morning, you know, when we go out in the morning, we have dew on the, on the grass. We don't have that dew any other time, not at sunset, not at any other time, because this spectrum of light that is coming out in the morning is transforming the ether, this molecular structure into what is required for the formation of life of the whole planet. Therefore, this time is very important. It's like shopping in the cosmos at this time for the molecules that you need to repair your body. And in Ayurveda and in yoga, which is the sister science of Ayurveda, we do something called pranayama. We bring this molecular structure as prana and we transform it into your body. It's pretty amazing. And so we have to get up in this uh, hour in the morning and there are certain rituals that we do. But after we have done with these rituals, and we'll talk about these rituals in Dinacharya when we, we have another podcast. But for right now, we're understanding the circadian rhythm. As the light falls on your skin, there's a spectrum of light. The movement of this light forms a wave. This wave, as it falls onto the nervous system of your skin, is triggering then a transmutation of this information back to your pineal and pituitary gland, therefore regulating how your body is going to work the whole day. Now, in India, we have one more beautiful custom. They take a little copper pot, and this used to seem so mysterious to me as a child, but now that I'm studying science of Ayurveda, it makes perfect sense. They take this little copper pot and they'd hold it above their head like so. And then they'd face the direction of the rising sun and they'd offer this water. And I'd be like, how stupid are these people? What are they doing? As if the sun cares for their water. Uh, what a stupid, you know, kind of practices this. And then I studied Ayurveda and I was like, the only person that's stupid is me because I didn't understand this, this ritual. Uh, what they were doing really is they were using basic principle of refraction. As they were dropping this water from this height over facing the sun, every drop of water was refracting and was creating a rainbow effect in the whole body. Now, your skin is affected now by all of these colors and every organ of your body actually has a trigger to this spectrum of light and therefore it would organize itself for the whole day. Genius, absolute genius. These people are amazing. They discovered that if you put a few drops of water at a certain uh, rhythm, at a certain movement, and that rhythm was by um, the prayers that they'd say or the breath that they do, or just by being grateful to the divine, whatever your spiritual belief is, um, offering it. In the Catholic Church, for example, they spray water. They have a nice little thing and they, they spray water at yeah, you. Holy water. Holy water, that's correct. And it refracts that. In the Muslim religion, they bathe their body in certain parts wherever the nerves come. And so every religion has a purification of water, you see. And so what they were doing is they were offering this water to the sun so that they could harvest this circadian rhythm for the rest of the day. Once they got this and once they triggered their body organs to work according to the spectrum of light, then they were free for the whole day to do the things that they had to do. Now, not only were they regulating the internal function of the body, but then they would regulate their digestive system by that. For example, breakfast would be eaten by about six to seven because the thyroid and the thymus would take for production at the 
uh, at the time of 7.30 to 8 or all the way to 10. So they didn't want to interfere in the production of thyroxine or the thyroid hormones that were made. So they would want to eat before that. So breakfast would be eaten um, between 6 to 7. And likewise, they would they would find the spectrum of light that was the highest during the afternoon so that may make the most of the digestive juices so they'd eat at a certain time, say between 11 to 3 in the afternoon. And then they would wait for all of that to digest and then they would have an early dinner say around about six because in india it's on the on the equator almost and so the sun sets and rises at almost the same time wow when we are in north america uh we have the variance based on the angle at which we are rotating against the sun so we have longer days and shorter days uh during the year uh but basically around about 6, 6.30, they would finish the meal because around about 10 o'clock at night, your liver would kick in and start to work. Now, your liver works completely based on the spectrum of light that falls on your skin. Therefore, if you're wearing black all the time, you need to stop that. You need to come and see me. I'll explain more to you about the colors of the day. You need to wear colors that are bright. You need to have skin that's uh, experiencing this fall of light because it is the grace of life that is actually forming in your body uh, with the spectrum of light that's touching your skin. And then lastly, just to end the circadian rhythm so you can make the endorphins that you need for melatonin, uh, for sleeping, for extracting whatever your liver has to do at night, your skin needs to be in complete darkness at night. So you see, we have shifted it. We have bought black clothes and said, oh, you look beautiful in black. It's brainwashing. You don't look beautiful beautiful and black. You're just uh, cutting out the spectrum of light that's going to give you life. You're literally burying yourself during the day away from the sunlight. So you're more beautiful. Let me tell you, you're more beautiful when you're alive. So please wear vibrant colors. Go out in the sun early in the morning. Do it before 10 a.m. after 10 o'clock. We live in Texas. It's very, very hot over here. Um, uh, You want to be out of the sun by 10 o'clock in the morning for sure. And especially in the middle of summer, you want to get your early morning sun rays before 8 a.m., preferably in the morning, and that will reset your circadian rhythm for you. All your hormones, all your endorphins, all of these great um, uh, secret servers in your body are working on the basis of sunlight. When you stop the sunlight from falling on your skin at the right time, then you will have imbalances in your body. And this is why you need to learn about the circadian rhythm. You need to know about how every plant Every sunflower is turning towards the sun for a reason. You are like a beautiful flower too. You get to move. The sunflower has to stay where it is. So therefore move, get your morning uh, going, get up early, um, do whatever you have to do before you leave the house, prepare yourself and then get out there and enjoy tapping into and tuning into the circadian rhythm. Thank you. Thank you. That's beautiful. Um, I, we do have a few minutes. I do want to yeah. ask a few questions. Um, I saw somebody on, um, I'm just to reference me, I'm, you know, very overweight. I'm probably more than a hundred pounds overweight and I'm on my j- transformational journey, which is why I'm doing this channel. So I use myself as an example a lot. And so I saw someone, this is just me watching some other social media posts, but I saw someone who, you know, was probably maybe 300 pounds over their ideal weight and they're exercising with a trainer and um, they're 
you know, it's really difficult to move when you're that heavy. I mean, I know because I have trouble moving at my size, but what I want to mention is that the person mentioned that they had not sleep slept for like two days. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, when you have a pattern and you don't know that you're causing the problem through like, for instance, what I understand, and you can confirm or deny that this is true for Ayurveda, is that when you go to sleep, that's when your body can release and utilize fat from your storage and cleanse it out of the body. So in order to lose weight, you need to be getting your, your sleep hours and your rest hours. If you stay up all night and think you're going to keep losing weight, that's like a fantasy, right? So it's, it's, uh, what you're saying is very, very important, but it works slightly different. Let me just put it okay. in, yeah, correct in me. slightly different words. Um, your body is not breaking down fat at night. What it is doing is it's preventing the making of fat at night. So every minute after 10 o'clock that light is falling on your skin, um, your liver doesn't get to work. And when your liver doesn't get to work, it's the center of heat. We have to remember it's the source of pitta. As it's making this acid, guess what? This acid has to be handled. If you have a hot pot, how are you going to handle that pot? Tell me. With a glove. With, with a protection, glove. With tech protection. Exactly. With something that's going to protect it. So in a kapha body, we make more of that glove called fat. And therefore, we are going to wrap every drop of this acid that we make in fat. Therefore, we have the ability to draw this acid out of the organs and store it as a layer of fat. Okay. So we are getting fat because we are inflaming the body. We are not melting the fat. We are, in fact, not making the fat when we sleep in time. When we're not stressed out, we're not constantly in fight and flight. We're not making the fat. Every time you're stressed out, every time your your body is hurting, every time you're forcing your body to do something incorrectly, every time you're not breathing properly, you are making an acid and that acid is going to require a glove of fat to hold it. Therefore, you are making fat molecules just by being hot and inflamed. So when do you release them? How do you lose weight and release fat? Because I understand it as your fat cells are, are fluid and they have liquid and they, they're, they're the same amount of fat cells. They just expand or Correct. shrink de depending on how much water's in them or fluid. So you said a very right thing. It's water and mainly it's made of water. It's sludge. It's kaffa. Uh-huh. And so how do you get rid? I mean, cause like right now I'm in a weight loss experience and um, I'm going to the restroom a lot and I visualize like at night, I'll wake up and I'll go to the restroom and I'm thinking, okay, good. I'm releasing those fat cells of their fluid and my fat cells are shrinking. So what's actually happening? Actually, what's happening is your body is very inflamed. When it's hot, if your house is on fire, what is going to happen? Somebody's going to douse your house with what? Water, <laughs> Water to put it yes. out. And so what is happening is your extra peeing, your extra urination, your extra bathroom visits at night is nothing other than an indication that your body is on fire. And here I am making water to filter it out. So, okay, so in, we could put out a fire by inviting the fire engine in, but we could also put out a fire by turning off the source of the heat. In, yeah, and the inflammation. This is, yeah, this is the inflammation. So in Ayurveda, this is what we do is instead of calling the fire engine and putting a Band-Aid on the top of it, we're like, let's go in and find out why is the flame so high? Let's turn that flame down 
to where it's only doing what it needs to do and not burning everything up in the house. Well, I feel like I'm eating, you know, so much better and healthier. And of course, a caloric deficit um, in order to yeah. not eat more for storage. So can you, can you, are you able to identify like what really is happening when I'm losing weight? When am I losing weight if I'm dropping the scale? So to drop the scale, to lose weight, you have to do a great many things. We have to start with the mind. We have to start with the circadian rhythm. We have to start with the dinacharya, the routines of the day. And of course, we are running out of time right now. But about what we can do is we can, oh, this is why I say Ayurveda is an individual case. You have to come and meet your practitioner. So your emotional triggers have to be addressed. It's not so much as about caloric intake or control of that. Yes, that is important, but it doesn't matter. You can starve, you can drink water, and you can still then be unhealthy just because you haven't dealt with the things that are causing inflammation in thought process, in the perception, in life experiences that have not been digested. So in other words, we have an emotional indigestion. And unless we take care of the emotional indigestion, we can't take care of life. And when we learn how to take care of life we digest life's experiences to have something that's really amazing at the end of it and so that's what we have to do is it's not so much about what we do outside of the body as what we do with the mind uh with the emotions and then we we look at food only after that that's so funny i'm like we're gonna coin a new phrase called emotional constipation that's correct <laughs> That's so funny. And no amount of exercise can do can melt that constipation <laughs> or that emotional fat. Unless you work on that. That's so funny. Yeah, I actually believe that because um, a year ago I went through some big energy work that I um, had some new resolution and cleared out some 30-year-old um, thought processes and reclaimed my power and created um, the life of having my joy back because of something that happened when I was 30 years ago you know, that took my joy away from me that I had at that time. And then I never really got like that level of joy back. And so now I'm back on my joy again. I'm creating my joy again. Yeah. So now it's just to get rid of the process of having accumulated 30 years of (laughs) non-joy. Yes. Emotional indigestion. Yes. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, You guys, you're welcome. Um, Thank you. If anybody wants to get in touch with Sharon, you can at her email address, which is healing at Houston dash yoga dash Ayurveda dot com. Do I have that memorized right? You have it right. Great. I don't even have it in front of me. I just memorized it. So that's very there's, awesome. You can also go to her website, which is the same, which is www.houston dash yoga dash ayurveda.com and you can reach out to her and ask her any questions the thing that we said on the last episode was comment below any questions in the future we may do lives where we can have chats and y'all can hop on and ask questions live and Sharon can fire off her wisdom and also subscribe to the channel or follow on instagram or tiktok and also um 
the, the notification bell will tell you when we're going to go live if you subscribe. So these are all the things that we can uh, share with you in order to keep you informed and have you stay connected with these uh, episodes that we're doing. So Sharon, do you want to say anything else before we say goodbye today? Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that everything that Lydia and me are sharing um, ends up improving your life and the quality of your existence. And we're always here. Please reach out. We're trying to reach as many people as we can to make their lives better. Please invite your friends to attend as well, uh, because good news is worth sharing. <laughs> and good news travels fast. So be in the know. <laughs> All right. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. We've reached the end of this episode. If you'd like to continue with this motivational journey, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss out each time we load a new episode. If you have an inspirational story to share or want to let us know about a potential guest, we'd love to hear about it. Contact us at avantiwellness.com. See you next time. And remember, change is good.